Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is an Apostrophe Podcast production. Here's one little question that has no simple answer. How does being alone bring us closer? My name is Peg Fong. I'm a journalist and an educator. Come join me as we explore loneliness together. The British soldier was always reading books, but that alone wasn't what made him annoying to others. He was thoughtless and clumsy, and one of those people whom nature never intended to live in a confined space. His behavior included scattering food all over tables during mealtimes and dripping candle wax on the other soldiers as he looked for lost items in the dark barracks. He dropped jam on petrol cans because of his absent-mindedness. And Sub-Lieutenant Hugh Kingsmill's book nerdiness extended to other bad behavior. He was always holding a fountain pen in his left hand, even during difficult times in the trenches of the First World War. Kingsmill was taking part in an attack on February 5, 1917, when he and another man on patrol suddenly saw a group of German soldiers. The other Brit was killed almost immediately, and Kingsmill ran until he lost his breath before, as bad luck would have it, he came across another group of Germans. As he was being led away by the German soldiers, Kingsmill recited a verse from Heinrich Hein on the relative merits of France and Germany. His captors laughed. 
Kingsmill's wartime diaries show he had spent his time reading German writers, not only Hein, but Schopenhauer and Nietzsche. His ability to deploy his knowledge of German literature evidently diffused tension at the point of capture and enabled him to bridge the language divide between captor and captive. Instead of killing him, Lieutenant Kingsmill was taken as a prisoner of war. His bookishness literally became a survival strategy. Reading is a refuge for the lonely and those seeking to be alone. In books, a social life emerges from words on a page. We befriend fictional characters, get entwined in plots. Books help readers find meaning, and they help us get lost. Reading can make us a better friend, make us more sociable and less alone in the world, even if it means escaping into a fictional one. Crack open a book. We can read our way out of loneliness. Many of us picked up books in those early days of the pandemic in February and March of 2020. Some of us sought comfort in familiar stories that foretold the fears we had when COVID-19 first began sweeping across the globe. Publishers around the world reported big sale numbers in books about disease and plagues. The Plague by Albert Camus, published in 1947, about a quarantined Algerian town named Oran, sealed off because of a deadly run of the bubonic plague, had intense renewed interest. The book's publisher, Penguin, had sold out of stock on Amazon in March. In the last week of February of 2020, it sold 150% more copies than in the same period of 2018. Sales of the book tripled in Italy. In France, according to the website Edistat, sales of the plague increased by 300% compared to the previous year. Another book that told the story of a superflu decimating the population was also selling out everywhere. Stephen King's The Stand, published in 1978, about a superflu called Captain Trips, had sales go up 163% in March of 2020. But the biggest boom came for The Eyes of Darkness, written by Dean Kuntz. The book told the frightening story about a China biological weapon that had been unleashed as a virus that spread around the world. The virus was called Wuhan 400. It was fictional, of course. The book was first published in 1981. Sales in March 2020 for The Eyes of Darkness went up, according to the publisher, 3,000%. Many readers remembered that connection to the book, and it became a discovery for thousands of new readers who, in the first days of the pandemic, sought to find understanding for their new isolation in an old novel. I mean, the loneliness that you find in the the pandemic literature that I studied, which was the literature of the 1918-1919 influenza pandemic, there's the isolation that comes, as we're all now very familiar with, with 
contagion fears, right? The, the way that we stay at home alone. And that shows up in images. English professor Elizabeth Elka's book, Viral Modernism, The Influenza Pandemic and Interwar Literature, was published three months before this current pandemic in October 2019. The book looks at the literary and cultural impact of one of the deadliest plagues in history and shines a light on how the deaths and loss and grief felt by millions shaped individual works of fiction and poetry. There was the poem, The Wasteland, by T.S. Eliot, published in April 1922, about the horrors of the First World War and the lingering devastation of the pandemic. And Virginia Woolf's melancholy portrayal of illness and loss in Mrs. Dalloway, where deaths and suicides hover over everything. One character, Peter Walsh, sits inside his home and watches an ambulance make its way through the streets when he makes an association of the purpose behind being isolated from the rest of society. It is the privilege of loneliness, the character realizes. In privacy, one may do as one chooses. One might weep if no one saw. In books through the literature that emerged were these repeated passages about empty streets and houses, empty clothes, empty interiors, spaces that were once filled, emptied. One of the things that got me really interested in the literature was the way its obsession with resurrection, its obsession with returns. So the characters in this literature, they're always seeing ghosts They're always imagining people coming back in the flesh. Pandemic literature from the 20th century saw the emergence of something new that hadn't been seen before, zombies. The obsession with ectoplasms and seances, which first were seen in literature from the mid-19th century, began reappearing. Readers sought to find meaning in their loneliness through books that filled the voids left by death and illness. In fiction, they found answers of where all the dead ended up, and hints of where they could meet up again, the living reader and the dead, remnants of them that can be found in the written word. It helps us know we aren't alone, even if we are in the middle of a pandemic. When we are dealing with the deaths of millions of people, as happened during the pandemic of 1918, and this one, our minds turn to literature to try and understand, Professor Alka believes. And I think that the literature for me has really helped that in that you you can see this single story in a single story that the a representation of so many millions of stories that we don't have. Not that they're exactly the same, right? In fact, they're all unbelievably particular. But it reminds us that this loss <laughs> right, that all of these losses have these particular stories, right, and leave all of these mourners behind. And so I think it's a way for the brain to encompass the statistics by meeting a, a particular story. In books and in the stories we read, we are seeking a narrative in the numbers. What will the books coming out of this pandemic say about who we are? 
What kind of books will future generations read to understand what happened to us in 2020 and 2021? We look to books that were written to try and understand what's happening now. And for me, there's comfort in knowing there are writers right now around the world writing in their language, seeking some meaning into our time in isolation. Interestingly, there were surprisingly few books written about the last pandemic in 1918, according to Professor Alka. So I call it in the book a perfect storm of silence because there were so many factors that meant that the influenza pandemic drops out of sort of cultural memory. It is there if you know what to look for, but it's not present in the way that, say, World War I is present in the literature and art of the period. The First World War was seen as heroic, purposeful, and the pandemic that came right after it seemed to have overwhelmed people, and they couldn't encompass their grief separately, instead folding it together with the war. It was to some extent embarrassing and even considered unpatriotic to die because of the flu, she believes. Illness was seen as a weakness and without a good reason. That was reality for some, but in books we can drift into a different reality. We can get some answers that real life can't give and find purpose in senseless losses. We'll be right back. You have time to read a sentence or two. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Reading provides life in even the most deserted of places. In the semi-deserts of East Africa, camels deliver books to nomads, to places where there is no television, no internet. In Pakistan's desert in the southwest, camels make the trek to carry books to children in remote villages where cars can't make it. In the children's book, My Librarian is a Camel, Photographs and stories tell how books are brought to children around the world. In Thailand, elephants make the trek to isolated remote places. In Colombia, a donkey known as the Biblio Burrow carries its beast of burden, books for children. It's a big event when the donkeys or the elephants or camels arrive in isolated places with books. For many children who live in tiny villages, Books are their only links to the world beyond what they know in their immediate surroundings. The biggest increase in sales of books in the U.S. book market was for juvenile fiction. During the pandemic year in 2020, sales of young adult fiction increased by 11%, selling 18 million more books than in 2019. Books keep us, regardless of our age or our geography, educated, entertained, and engaged. Reading can serve as a lifeline in an age of chronic loneliness. That's according to research done by Demos and the Reading Agency, a UK-based organization that issued a report titled A Society of Readers. By 2030, almost 2 million people will see their lifespans shortened as a result of loneliness while more than 2 million others will experience stroke-related illness. More than 4 million alone in the UK within the next decade are predicted to develop dementia, a condition associated with loneliness, according to the report, which was aimed at using reading as a way to connect people and make them feel less alone. This is data gathered even before the pandemic, Loneliness, we know, has increased since then. Like other shops, brick-and-mortar bookstores were forced to close, pushed out by online sales and the closure of lockdowns. But a remarkable resurgence happened in the pandemic. Print book sales in 2020 hit its highest levels in a decade, an 8.2% increase from the year before. The huge spike came in the sales of former bestsellers, like, as we mentioned, Stephen King's The Stand, Dean Koontz's The Eyes of Darkness, and Albert Camus' The Plague. But also in DIY books and cookbooks, a staying at home during lockdowns had us turning to physical books and doing things inside. One example, rapper Snoop Dogg's cookbook, From Crook to Cook, had a resurgence of sales despite being released 
three years ago. In 2020, 205,000 copies sold, twice the number of sales in the pre-pandemic year before. Book buying didn't stop during the pandemic. Even as other entertainment closed down, like theaters, sports, movies, and author speaking events were canceled, books thrived. Reading immerses us in the lives of others. Narrative makes us feel less alone. Novelist and cognitive psychologist Keith Oatley noted how much of our time is engaged with fictional narratives, from television shows to novels. We experience something when we undergo that engagement with something that is made up, not reality, but real to us. When we are immersed in a fictional world, it creates a simulation of social experience that is deeply felt. How many of us have dreaded the last pages of a book that we know is going to end? A study Professor Oatley and others undertook a few years back had a hypothesis. Would exposure to narrative fiction have any real-world social correlation? That is, would frequent readers be more sociable with a larger social network than those who didn't read as much? Are readers less lonely less depressed. It was a hypothesis that Professor Oatley says was a direct contradiction of the stereotype of a bookworm. Bookworms, according to him, are often seen as turning to literature and fictional characters in order to compensate for the absence of real-world peers. They immerse themselves in books, the stereotype goes, because they don't have actual friends and have to go instead into an imaginary world. People who love books, like Lieutenant Kingsmill in the trenches in World War I, were often perceived as being socially awkward, socially isolated, and prone to experience more depression, loneliness, and stress as a result. But Professor Oatley found actually just the opposite. With then-graduate student Raymond Marr at the University of Toronto, they learned that immersion in fiction by devoted readers, bookworms, wasn't an isolating activity. Us bookworms actually have better social skills than those who read little or none. Just as pilots gain practice with flight simulators, Raymond Marr reasoned people might acquire social experience by reading fiction. The more fiction someone read, they discovered, the better they were at correctly interpreting social cues. Reading fiction, in particular, enables us to understand other people better and to and to have more empathy for them. Okay, so that is the first thing. And then the second thing is that reading literary fiction and, in fact, literary narrative more generally enables people to change within themselves, but not in the same way that persuasion works. So it doesn't have anything to do with a message or anything like that. But each person is enabled to change in their own way, in the way that they choose. It's only been within the last three decades that cognitive psychologists have learned to appreciate the importance of fiction and fictional characters. 
computer simulations helped people understand perception, learning, and thinking. Stories do the same thing. They are simulations of a kind that can help readers understand not just characters in books, but human character in general, Oatley says. Because in psychology, you know, people are very interested in mechanisms and what fiction is thought of as just totally unreliable. It's sort of one person's view and who cares about that? So for psychology, for a long, long time, people got fixated on the idea of behavior. So you're supposed to observe, you know, what happens. And so it's only rather recently that thinking about literature has come to start to feel worthwhile in psychology. Reading stories can actually improve social skills by helping us better understand other human beings. The process of entering imagined worlds of fiction builds empathy and improves your ability to take another person's point of view. It can even change your personality, Professor Oatley says. So when they're reading, they imagine themselves into these circumstances and this sort of enables them to change a little bit within themselves. Reading fiction helps the reader feel less lonely. Reading can change us, and the written word can have an influence on how we think of ourselves. In one experiment done by Professor Oatley and researcher Maya Dijakic, participants were asked to read the famous short story, The Lady with the Dog, by Anton Chekhov. The plot is of a man, Gurov, who meets a woman, Anna, at the Russian seaside resort of Yalta as she is walking her dog. The two began an affair at the resort and then returned to their homes and their spouses, reuniting from time to time, the story ends without a resolution. We don't know what happens. Do the couple end up together? Half of the participants in the study read the short story by Chekhov. The other half read a non-fictionalized version of the story, written in the form of a report from a divorce court. The non-fiction text and the short story were the same length and used the same information, including some of the same dialogue. The participants who read the non-fiction text and those who read the narrative short story came away with different outcomes. Those who read Chekhov were more likely to think and feel in new ways, and they were more empathetic to the fictional characters. When we read The Lady with the Dog, Professor Oatley says, we can be ourselves, and we can also be Gurov or Anna. Selfhood expands through stories. The more time people spend reading fiction, they become more open and perceptive of others, Professor Oatley has found. And stories aren't just diversions, but the way we engage with fiction enables us to interact with others in a more collaborative and empathetic way. Reading brings us within an inch of others and the beginning of understanding human nature more through the stories we read. It can also be a survival skill, Lieutenant Kingsmill, who had consumed books written by German authors, 
while he was serving in the British Army during the First World War, was able to share his insights with his captors, allowing them to connect. Reading is like an illness in some ways. Illness is particular to bodies, English professor Elizabeth Oka noticed. In a singular body, the virus unfolds uniquely. But at the same time, when there's a pandemic, like last year and in 1918, millions of people experience the same sort of illness. Readers have a different response to books and the words on the page. But there is a community among readers. There's a rush and the desire to read certain books when we're faced with a global event like COVID-19. We seek individually the same certainty that millions of others do through the words of Albert Camus, Stephen King, and Dean Kuntz. It's about finding a cure to our illness of uncertainty and comfort in reading words that tell us others have the same feeling when they first begin a new chapter or we are in the middle of a plot. Literature is a good kind of contagion. Reading the imagined scenario, the fictional character dealing with the same things we are, helps us process as a community. Even if we don't know each other, we can read the same stories. And we are in the company of others when we read, and a single story can represent millions of other tales, infecting millions of readers at once. It is not a solitary act to hole up with a book. It's an exercise in human interaction and in faith in yourself that you are changing with each word you read. The end is the beginning. We may be alone, but we are alone together. Alone Together was directed by Callie O'Reilly. Sound engineer is Jeff Devine. The theme music by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Our producers are Allison Pinches and Guillermo Serrano. My name is Peg Fong. I'm the host and writer and a bookworm. Please follow us on social at apostrophe pod. If you like this episode, review and subscribe. We'd be grateful. This series is executive produced by... Terry O'Reilly. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.